much. You know, and you, you really understand why small business owners, one, really dislike marketing, you know, like anytime we speak to someone, they kind of like shiver like, oh, marketing. Um, <laughs> we always ask our clients, anytime we're running a workshop, we always do this little quiz and we say, in one word, how would you describe or how do you feel about marketing? Mm-hmm. And always the words that come up, it's like overwhelming, hate it, you know. Um, and it's often put at the bottom of people's to-do list. They know that they need to market in order to grow their business, yeah. but they just, they feel so overwhelmed, you know, um, because they're seeing all these messages and, you know, and then there's this mentality of like they should be doing this, you yeah. know, so I should be on LinkedIn or I should be doing, yeah. um, you know, on TikTok now because it's the latest thing and I should be, you know, um, doing email marketing, whatever it is. And I think that's where all the pressure comes. And then when all that pressure's on people and they're feeling overwhelmed, guess what happens? They don't do anything yeah. because they're debilitated, you know. And- Welcome back to the mashup. Um, it's been a crazy couple of weeks here. We've got some really fun new projects that we're working on, which I can't wait to tell you about in the next few weeks. We've been busily onboarding some new customers, so it's been a crazy couple of weeks here, but a really fun um, and challenging time too. But today, we have a very special guest on the podcast. We've been chatting to Mel, who's one half of Focus and Flourish, for a little while about getting on the show, and we stopped and started and had some tech issues last time, but we're here now. So um, Mel, it's exciting to have you here. Welcome to the mashup. Thank you so much, Simon. I'm so excited. Big follower, big fan of the podcast. So it's an absolute privilege to um, to be your guest today. Well, tick box number one, uh, you're saying all the right things. <laughs> um, thank you. So, Mel, we're gonna we're gonna dive into some stuff that I think our listeners are gonna find really valuable in terms of branding and content marketing and how that benefits them and helps them grow their business. But before we get into that, um, tell us a little bit about Focus and Flourish, what it is that you guys do and how you got to where you are now, a little bit about your backstory too. Yeah, so um, as Simon mentioned, I'm one half of Focus and Flourish. Nairi is my business partner. Um, we started um, just before COVID hit actually. Nairi and I both have got marketing backgrounds, um, different like skills, skill sets, different strengths, and we're working together in our separate businesses and said, oh, we really would like to educate and teach small businesses how to market, you know. Um, They find it quite overwhelming and we can really simplify it. So what started out as two small business owners who met at networking, ironically, um, wanting to just hold one workshop turned into, why don't we just start a partnership? Um, And I think the reason we did that was because we felt like that we could do more um, and offer, you know, small businesses more. There was so much out there that we could share um, our area of expertise and our knowledge and we wanted to serve the small business community. So that's how it started. Um, we didn't predict COVID, so we wanted to do face-to-face workshops and education um, and that we had to quickly pivot into online because mm. of COVID and um, as lots of us lots of us had to do. And, and look, that, I suppose, took the direction of our business and um, we were serving um, mainly women in business um, with education and workshops and mentoring in how to really simplify their marketing and how to get results as well, how to attract the right clients um, mm-hmm. and not to feel overwhelmed by marketing. So um, that's what we, you know, um, started out 
um, year three of the business. I think that as we go through our business journeys, we've really um, sort of found our feet, you know, yeah. found um, where our niche is and where our sweet spots are. And so now we offer marketing masterminds twice, three times a year um, and still focusing on how can we really simplify marketing for small business owners? How can it be sustainable for small business owners as well? We understand that small business owners don't have big budgets and, Mm. you know, whole marketing teams. Um, And so we really guide them and, um, you know, support them into attracting the right clients and building a marketing framework that's sustainable so that they get the results that they want. Yeah, I think that's, I think you've said a couple of things in there that are really important that are often overlooked. And that is small businesses, they don't have the budget. It sounds obvious, but they don't have the budget that larger businesses have. And marketing absolutely has to be sustainable. It's like marketing 101 is consistency in all sorts of things, you know, not just in your messaging and your branding and, and all of your assets, but in actually showing up. You've got to show up consistently. And there's so many, and I, and I blame, you know, people like me, I blame marketing agencies who are out there, you know, pushing this this sort of magic pill, this silver bullet, these fantastic strategies, but they're complex. They're not simple and they take resources to implement. And so small businesses, you know, and especially bootstrap startups, they see this and they think, oh, wow, that's what I want. And they don't realize the massive amount of work behind the scenes. Like you said, they don't have a team. And these gurus are out there, you know, pushing out this webinar strategy or this five-day challenge strategy. And you're like, there's a ton of work behind that, isn't there? It's too much, you know, and you, you really understand why small business owners, one, really dislike marketing, you know, like anytime we speak to someone, they kind of like shiver like, oh, marketing. Um, <laughs> we always ask our clients, anytime we're running a workshop, we always do this little quiz and we say, in one word, how would you describe or how do you feel about marketing? Mm-hmm. And always the words that come up, it's like overwhelming, hate it, you know, um, and it's often put at the bottom of people's to-do list. They know that they need to market in order to grow their business, yeah. but they just, they feel so overwhelmed, you know, um, because they're seeing all these messages and, you know, and then there's this mentality of like, they should be doing this, you know, so I should be on LinkedIn or I should be doing, um, you know, on TikTok now because it's the latest thing and I should be, you know, um, doing email marketing, whatever it is. Mm. And I think that's where all the pressure comes. And then when all that pressure's on people and they're feeling overwhelmed, guess what happens? They don't do anything because they're debilitated, you know. And so that's where we come in and really try to just simplify that. And, you know, we really believe it's not a cookie cutter approach to marketing either. So yes, it needs to be sustainable, but it needs to be the right marketing for the right business, for the right audience. And I think, you know, as small business owners, we, you know, look around us and see what everyone else is doing. And they go, oh, but you know, Sam up the road, this, this and this, and look at them, their business is skyrocketing. And um, we can get a little bit derailed by that as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, oh, there's so many things that you're saying that just resonate so strongly with me. And they're the things that we, you know, try and scream out from the rooftops as much as we can. That cookie cutter approach, it works in such a small percentage of cases because what worked for, you know, Sam's business up the road won't necessarily work for your business because it's not Sam's business. You're That's different. Right. Your skill set's different. Your audience is different. Where you are in your journey is different. The resources that you've got are different. Your purpose is different. And so the tribe of people that you attract is different. What are the odds that all of those things are going to be identical 
to Sam's. And so what happens is people, they do, they see this, you know, whoever it is promoting, we did this and it worked really well, you should do it too. And they do it and it doesn't work and they think I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. And they're not. They just don't have a custom strategy built for them. So um, I guess from, from your perspective, you know, how important is it for them to kind of take their marketing and make it their own? Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, this kind of leads into, like, when we're talking about people building their brand, you know, mm. and I think that um, when we talk about brand, it's about like having that unique difference, having that brand that's unique to your offering, your values, you know, your promise, um, so that you can attract the right people to your business as well. Um, and, look, it's great to get, like, ideas and look around and see what your competitors are doing. But at the end of the day, yeah. you know, it's really about – how are you going to attract your audience? But then what is your point of difference as well? So if mm. there's lots of other people in that industry, um, which there is, you know, and if there's not now, there's going to be more, what's your point of difference? So, again, not, you know, not having that cookie-cutter approach, not being like everybody mm. else. And I think when people really um, take the time to work on their brand and make it theirs, it's like they're, you know, we often say that brand, if it was a human, it's like what's their personality? Yep. And so that's what makes you different, you know. Like your personality shines through your business, shines through your brand. And we often talk about this, Simon, we've had these discussions where consumers are more savvy these days, you know. And so they're more aware and um, they're not looking for like, you know, gimmicky, creative, you know, advertising. Actually okay. what they're looking for is, well, you know, for someone to solve their problem or to inspire yeah. them. Yeah. But actually they're looking for a connection. And so in marketing, it's changed over the years, you know. It's no more of the, the creative, glossy, you know, gimmicky, fun songs or, you know, advertising. Yeah. It's really about how can we connect with the audience, one, so that they can see us as a business, two, um, so that we can connect with them and nurture that trust and that rapport, and yeah. then they'll consider buying from us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, consumers are better educated than they've ever been. There's absolutely nothing that you can't find information about on the internet. If you want to look for it, you can find it, whether it's on YouTube or wherever it is, you will find that. And so consumers are better educated, but they're also more skeptical, aren't yes. they? Like our bullshit meters are dialed up yes. to 100%. And if your marketing is not genuine, they will sniff that out in a heartbeat and all of that hard work that you've just done is ruined, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think that's such an important point as well. And when people sort of, we always talk about, you know, um, sustainable marketing, but it's also that it's authentic. And I know that word gets thrown around a little bit too much, mm. but it's it it's being like true to the values of your business and to you as a person. And I think mm. sometimes like, you know, if we just allow that to come through, that's where people connect to people as yep. opposed to people connecting to a business, you know. And um, so I think that's really important as well, like when we're talking about brand and like that point of difference is allowing ourselves to come through. And it doesn't mean, you know, you've got to start to, you know, for instance, posting about your personal life or the behind mm. the scenes of that. It's just allowing those values and, you know, uh, that personality to, to come through because that's what consumers um, are going to connect to. Yeah, it's like, you know, who said it? Your vibe attracts your tribe. I can't remember who said that, but yes. but it's really true. And I, I'm going to ask you in a second, you know, for your kind of definition of what is a brand, but I just want to, um, I just want to go back for a second in terms of, do, do you think sometimes 
um, it can, we can think that it's too simple. You know, you're talking about being authentic and just being your genuine self in your content. Do you think sometimes people feel like they have to make it a bit more complex than that or that they have to, you know, put out something that their audience is looking for and they overcomplicate it rather than just being themselves? Oh, a hundred percent. And I, and I wonder, I find this a lot with um, people who have worked, especially like in corporates or offices as well, and then they move over to small business. Um, I think we we're almost trained in a certain way that we had to be a certain way and be very professional and even how we write emails and even how we write copy. Yeah. And it's great to know the rules, know the rules and then break them, right? Yeah. That's always yeah. my theory. And so, you know, even when we talk about copy and language in marketing, um, you know, we'll often have people that, you know, Grammatically, you know, grammatically, it's very correct, and you know, it's, it's very. But I'm like, there's no personality. Like, just talk yeah. as you would talk in real life. Mm. Um, it can often, yeah, they overcomplicate it because they're trying to put on this professional hat, yeah. and they're trying to be seen um, as you know being really professional. And actually, they're doing themselves a disjustice and not actually being authentic. Yeah. Um, I think it's a. I think we're getting better. I think you know, um, but it's really sort of changing the mindset. I mean, I was the same when I left corporate. You mm. know, it was do this and please this and very. This is attached and you know all the even just the language is so different. Where yeah. now you know we're encouraged to put you know if it's the right business again if yeah, you're a lawyer course. then maybe not but you yeah. know putting slang in your copy or mm. you know. Um, starting your sentences with and or whatever it might be or you know having a yeah. little. Um, uh, you know, symbols and things like that, yeah. if that's you, you know. Um, yeah. I think the opposite can happen, though, as well, is that other people see these really authentic brands and they try to be like that. And I'm like, yeah. is that you, you yeah. know? So we talk about being authentic um, in our marketing. What is like, but what does that actually look like? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, I think that word gets thrown around a lot, doesn't it? But I think, mm. you know, for us being authentic is just allowing, you know, yourself, your values um, to really kind of shine through your business, your unique self. It's your personality. Mm. So if you're funny, then allow that to kind of come through. If you're serious, then that, that then that's the type of person that you are. Um, we always, you know, talking about sustainable and authentic marketing is mm. we never, ever want, you know, our clients when they're doing marketing to feel so uncomfortable and, yeah. you know, so it's about finding that balance of allowing your personality um, to really come through in your marketing. And it's really important because if you think about it, if, you know, you're a consumer and you found a business online or saw them on social media and um, they had this glossy sort of like, I don't know, bright colors, really fun. And you go, oh, this is a really cool brand. And you connected with them. Um and their language was like really like fun and, you know, really great tone. And then you met them in yeah. person and like, you know, they've rocked up in a suit and they're really serious and they're like, you know, good afternoon. How are you today? Be a bit dis disjointed, right? And it's, yeah. it's almost feel like a bit fraudulent. Yep. So that's yeah. an example of when it's not authentic, where, you know, a business has gone out and maybe got someone else to do their branding and, you know, mm. really hasn't reflected them as a person and their values of themselves and their business. Um, and that's not going to sit right with consumers. Yeah, they'll lose the scent, won't they? We talk about losing the scent, you know, something that might not be even really that conscious, but just something feels a bit off, you yeah. know, that's something that they've seen, you know, they've seen an ad and as you said, they've either met you or they've clicked through to a landing page and they're like, hang on, subconsciously something's different here, you know, it doesn't feel, something smells off. 
Absolutely. And all the credibility goes up. Yeah, exactly right. Even mm. that online experience, if you've gone from something that's shiny and glossy and bright and then you go over to another part that's not consistent, you know, you talked yeah. about consistency before through marketing and, mm. you know, Naira and I always bang on about this. It's like a broken record. And as a business yeah. owner, you can get bored, right? And I think this is what yeah. happens. Like in marketing, it's really important to be consistent, consistent tone, voice, look, feel. So the consumer can have a really consistent journey no matter what mm. touch point or where they see you or experience with you. Right from the moment they see you until yeah. even like after they've bought from you and, you know, it needs to go through yeah. that whole journey with them. Um, but I think as business owners, and we've been a bit guilty of this sometimes, we get bored. So yeah. we go, oh, but we've already used, we've already said that or, you mm -hmm. know, it sounds like we're saying the same thing over and over again. If, you, if you're feeling like that, then you're probably doing really great at your marketing, can I tell you? Um, if you're feeling a bit bored, you're probably doing really great with your marketing because it means that you're consistently, you know, showing up but consistently, um, you know, showing up um, with the same messages and look and feel and all that sort of stuff um, for your audience. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And if you've done your client persona and you've identified that that's the messaging that's important to them, then you're right. You, you know, you've got to consistently, not so much push that message, but you've got to consistently give them information around that, which is going to help and support them. And the other thing to remember is if you're, if you're marketing well and you're regularly adding new people to your list, to your audience, to your ecosystem, you might be hearing this for the hundredth time, but your audience is not. They might be hearing it for the first time. So, yeah, you're right. We've done it too. We've looked at our marketing and thought, oh, God, I need to change something up. Yes. And you really don't. And, you, and in, not only do you not need to, you shouldn't. Like this is what you've identified as important. Talk about it. Absolutely. That's that's exactly right. And, look, as business grows, you know, you, you, you can adapt and tweak, but I think that it's really getting those basics right. And, um, mm. yeah, like you said, someone could be seeing it for the first time. Someone could be seeing mm. it you know, for the hundredth time. But even if they are, we live busy lives as consumers, right? We yeah. really need to be slapped in the face in order to see something. And I think one of the things that we often find with the people that we work with is that they're like, oh, but I've, I don't want to annoy people or I've already said it. Yeah. And the reality is they probably hasn't, haven't even seen it. You know, like we talk mm. a lot about repurposing your content, you know, talking mm. about being sustainable. If you yeah. have a wonderful piece of content, whether it's an a newsletter, whether it's a blog, you know, podcast, whatever it might be, we mm. want you to like unpack that and turn that into, you know, five social posts or turn it into something else that you can use at networking or turn it into a presentation, repurpose, um, even repurpose old social posts, you know, um, because mm. the likelihood, like you said, either new people are coming on board and or they haven't seen it before and or mm. the audience need to be reminded because they're forgotten. Mm. A hundred percent. If somebody's listening to something that you've said 10 times and they've heard it 10 times and they're still listening, it means they need yeah. to hear it again. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, like, you know, the classic um, sort of formula with marketing, it's the right time, right place, right person, right? Yeah. So you could be saying this message over and over, but it might not be the right time for that person. So they're not mm. really hearing it. They might be scrolling past it. They might have, yeah. you know, seen you at networking, whatever it might be. But actually, it's not going to connect with them until it's yeah. the right time for them. So yeah. you've got to be there saying that message to them at the right time. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, um, you mentioned that word touch points, which I love. 
and Such and, and a it used to be it, yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> and it and it used to be that we talked about seven to ten touch points before somebody took action. And I saw something recently, and I can't remember who it was from. It might have been from HubSpot or somebody like that. And they they reckon that that number of touch points has now increased to something like sixty. But they're talking about micro touch points, you know, like. Previously, somebody would open and read, you know, a really long email and that's a touch point, but now people don't kind of do that. But they might see the headline of your email, even if they don't open it, now that's a touch point. Or they might watch a 15-second story on social, that's a touch point now. Um, so that can kind of feel like massively overwhelming to think, oh, my God, 60 touch points. I didn't even know there were that many. Um, but when you're talking about building a brand, like what are some of the different touch points that people need to think about having consistency through? Yeah, that's that's a really that's a really good question, Simon. And so, yeah, I think it's interesting that you talk about like, yeah, there's more touch points. We've got to show up more for people, but mm. it doesn't necessarily mean yeah, you've got to create sixty, you know, different things. Yeah. It's about how can you work smarter, not harder, as well. Mm-hmm. So if yep. you have the foundations right, if you've got your offering very clear, you've got really good messaging, you know, you've got your brand, you've got your imagery, everything sort of sorted, then it's like, you know, what are the key things that my audience want to know about? How can I serve them? So yeah. we often talk about, you know, um, when we're talking about content, we talk about content pillars. And so mm-hmm. how can we, um, we use the acronym ICE, how can we inspire our audience? How can we connect with our audience? And how can we engage with them? So anytime that we think about touch points or going out and connecting, these are the things that we think about. And we always think serve, serve, serve and sell. You have to sell. We are businesses. But Mm -hmm. it really is, you know, how can we serve? And um, we spoke before about how marketing is changing. And before, you know, we as marketers would push marketing out. And this is very marketing terms that you're familiar with, Summer. But now we want to pull Mm. them right? And how we do that, like content marketing is a great one, you know, how can we provide value? And when I talk about value, it's again, how do we serve our audience? You know, we know our business, our product, our service, 10 out of 10. How can we break that down and educate and help um, our audience, maybe even to understand why they need our products and service, you know, it could be breaking down the behind the scenes, again, a bit of that storytelling, um, mm-hmm. And so content marketing has become like, you know, really big in the marketing mix now. Um, yeah. And I think, again, that's another way to be sustainable and authentic as well. Um, and it allows you to repurpose and reach those different touch points, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, just trying to repurpose and work smarter, not harder. Yeah, agree, agree completely. You know, our agency um, is obviously ad- very advertising focused, um, but definitely we see content as being the most important element. You know, targeting has changed so much. Retargeting has changed so much with with changes to, you know, tracking and cookies and privacy legislation coming in that affects all of those things. Now, more than ever, it's up to the content that you're putting out there to do the heavy lifting in terms of finding your audience. And so everything has to start with that value-based content to position you as an authority to engage as you said um, your ideal audience but what we see quite a lot actually is business owners or marketers feeling like in order to give value they've got to fire hose people with information and unload 
all of this. And really what that does is it overloads and overwhelms people and that's not a great experience. So when you're talking to people about, you know, creating valuable content, you know, what are the kind of things that you're talking about and what's some, some advice and some tips? Yeah, you're so right. They do. They've got like, I think we get so excited about our knowledge and our experience in our businesses. And that's great because that's why you've gone into business, right? Mm. And yeah, we do. We work a lot with our clients. How do we simplify that down and and really piecemeal it out? And sometimes it's just a process, right? You might have an idea and you might just dump mm. it all down because you've got to get it out. But then break that up. How do we break that up into, you know, bite-sized bits of information? And the analogy that we like to use is that you know your business and 10 out of 10. When we start to do content marketing and we start to, um, you know, do email newsletters or social posts or, you know, even brochures, like, you know, but any sort of of copy, um, then we, we need to break it down to a 2 out of 10. We need to really, really simplify it. Um, and so just when mm-hmm. you think, oh, is that too yeah. simplified? Probably not simplified enough. Um, the other thing that we like yeah. to talk a lot about as well is yeah, we right. do the so what method. So when you're doing your copy, you go, mm-hmm. well, so what? So what? How is that going to help that client? Yeah. You know, and you might have mm-hmm. the answer, well, so what? It's going to help them do this. And then we do it a couple of times. Yeah. We go, but so what if it's going to help them you know, do this, what else can it do? And so sometimes we just have to push ourselves as well. And it's hard um, yeah. you know, to to get that. But once we start to talk about, you know, the benefits and the solutions, the outcomes, yep. as opposed to actually what your business does. Mm-hmm. Um, another little trick that we do as well is to really change out talking about yourself as a business yep. and talk about, you know, the customer. And so, if you look at your copy and you go, it's all about me, you know, you can actually go and count. How many times do I say I or how many times <laughs> do I say all but marketing? Mm. Um, then you need to flip that and there should be more use, like why are you, you know, so it yep. should be customer focused. Mm. Um, and so that's another thing that we look at when we're sort of looking at that content marketing, making it about um, the, your audience and solving yeah. their problem. Um but, yeah, going back to your question about how do you really simplify that, I think you've right. got to almost take off your business hat and put your consumer hat on and go, would I read that newsletter? Scroll, 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 mm-hmm. scroll, scroll. Um, and just because you have a lot to say, it probably means it's probably four newsletters there. You know, yeah. so often we work with clients and it's like we've got all this great information and they go, oh, I've spent like a whole week doing this newsletter. And then we look and we go, that's actually four newsletters that you've just yeah. created there. Um, (laughs) you want you want your content to be um, skimmable you know and Mm -hmm. digestible if it's not skimmable and digestible and what I mean by that is that that your audience can literally skim it they'll skim it before they'll read it Um, and so if it's too text heavy if there's too much there it's going to scare them off they're not even going to read it so we really just need to do little bits and if you've got more to say, that's great. Hold it for the next post or hold it for the mm. next email. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all awesome advice. Um, you talk about so what? We talk about why, why, why? Like why is yeah. that important? Okay, great. So why is that important? Great. So yeah. why is that? And eventually you get to that core emotion that's driving your consumer and that's what's important. Um, and the other thing, you know, when when I did my marketing degree about 100 years ago um, is that we used to talk about 
that, you know, people buy benefits, not features, or, or sell the sizzle, not the sausage, you know. And yeah. so I think it, as business owners, we understand our product so well because often we created it or our service and we're proud of the features of it, but yes. nobody cares. They care what's in it for them. So that goes back to what you're talking about. Take your business owner's hat off, put your consumer's hat on and think, well, if I was the consumer and I was reading this, does it tell me what's in it for me? Like, how Absolutely. does this benefit me? Because that's all we care about as human beings. Like, what's in this for me? Um, and so if we use jargon or if we talk about our features, it's not going to get the cut through. We've got to use the language that our customers are using when they're talking about the problems that they need solved, hey? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, as us marketers, we always bang on about this. That's why it's so important to know who your ideal client is because that's where you can start to really target what you're saying um, and be really like laser focused in that in that yeah. copy. So it's not jargon. So it's not just, you know, generic um you know, copy that's really not going to connect with anybody. Um, again, yeah. as a consumer, you know when you see an email um, or a social post and you go, are they talking to me? Like you feel like yeah. they've written it for you. That is good connection. Mm. They know their ideal customer, right? Um, and I think mm. as well in business, we need to be okay with the, that not everyone is your customer. And so it's okay to be really talking quite specifically um, to and you may have different segments, you know, and that's totally fine. But talking mm. more specifically to a particular group of people um, is more likely to get that more likely to be seen and more likely to connect with that person um, because you're talking directly to them. Otherwise, it's just if it's too generic, um, you know, it's just going to go straight over the top. Yeah, now more than ever, that's true. And one of the fastest ways to build trust with people, and people won't buy you, buy from you, buy you, buy from you, unless they know you, they like you, they trust you. And the fastest way to build trust is to is to demonstrate that you understand either the fear or the frustration or the goals or the desires that people have. And in order to demonstrate that, you actually need to understand them. And that comes back to client persona. Um, it's one of the things that we see people investing nowhere near enough time in is developing that client persona. Um, oh, so... absolutely. They, they, they jump straight into the tactics, right? Like, oh. oh, I've got to be on social media or, oh, I've got to be at LinkedIn or, oh, I've got to be, you know, doing this. And it doesn't matter. I mean, it'd be the same with your business, right? The first thing that we all say is, but who's your ideal client? You know, who are you trying mm. to target? What are their pain points? What are their problems? What are their aspirations? You know, yeah. what do they actually want? And that's where the marketing, not only the copy, but that's actually how you determine as well where to market your business, right? Um, mm. So it is really important. And, you know, it's not always the same. I think it's something that you have to revisit as a business. It can change yeah. that ideal client. Yeah. Um, and so that's totally fine. And you can have more than one. That's totally fine as well. But it is understanding mm. who you're talking to. And like you said, to be able to build that trust and rapport only come when you're really talking to that um, talking to that consumer in a way that they go, yeah, these guys, you know, get me or understand me. And yeah. the other thing can I just say as well is sometimes people don't know what they need. So, you know, we often work with people and they go, oh, but we can offer these services. You know, we can offer editing and filming and this and that. And I go, oh, that's great. Now, there's some, you know, consumers mm. that may know that they need filming, editing and sound, 
But there might be other businesses that actually don't know, but hey, they need a webinar or they need a podcast or they need a professional Mm. video. They're not connecting that. But as soon as we change the copy or we change that, how we communicate and go, actually, are you a business that's looking for a professional webinar or podcast? Mm. As opposed to just saying, you know, again, talking about those features versus benefits, are you looking for some editing and some, you know, um, videographer, then it changes and people who don't realize they need you go, oh, actually, that would save me so much time and look so much more professional. Yeah, that's exactly what I need. Yeah. And and you know what? Often, often we get obsessed with what people need and offering them what they need and people don't want what they need they want what they want and so our messaging has to call out people on what they want because like they they don't know or trust you anywhere near well enough yet to take your word that oh no I don't I don't really want that they want what they want so your messaging has to call that out and when you engage with them then you can give them what they want by selling them what they need oh so you want this outcome cool in order to get that you need to have this you want to engage people more and drive more sales then you need valuable content and that could be a webinar or that could be a podcast absolutely yeah like we have that we have the saying that Nora and always say when we do our own marketing give them what they want then give them what they need absolutely yep bang on yeah and I think that's so important but you know, as as professionals, we often, you know, we want to focus on, but that's not what the person needs. That's cool. Got to get past that. Got to yeah. put your ego to one side for a minute because you're not going to get people's attention by telling them what they need. They're not going to listen yeah. to you. No. You know, it's, like, it's like selling insurance. Nobody wants insurance, but they want peace of mind. That's right. right? So, that's hey, exactly do you want to be right. able to sleep better at night? That's what you want. Yeah. Well, what you need is insurance. Nobody wants insurance. And so we need to, all of us should be looking at our businesses from that perspective and think, well, what does my ideal customer want? Comes back to knowing your avatar. And then once I've got their attention, I can give them what they need. Absolutely. And and really, um, you know, that's kind of the silver bullet of marketing. When people are like, oh, looking for that magic wand, the magic wand really is understanding who that client is. Um, and then also understanding, yeah, what is what what is it that they they want so you can talk to that? Because um, I think that that and then it, just marketing becomes so much easier. It really does right. when you understand those things. It just simplifies um, marketing. You're not going against the grain. Mm. Yeah, you know, you're right. Everything from your offer to how you position it, writing your copy, doing your design, understanding what platforms to use. It's all really, I don't want to say easy because marketing is never easy, but it is pretty simple once you understand that client persona. Um, And so you're right, that's that's constantly under development too. It's one of the reasons marketing can take so long to get right is because you can develop your client persona and have it wrong, um, but you think you've got it right and you only learn by getting feedback from what you put out into the market. And then Uh you realize, oh, that's not what people you know, wanted, that's not the language that they're using. That's not the offer that's going to resonate and you change it and you make it better, constantly improving it. I love that. And I think that that's definitely something like in marketing, it's not one step, it's not like fixed and that's it. It is very much about like, you know, rinse and repeat and review, you know, like it's reviewing as you go. And I think that is really important as well. And to be listening to your customers, um, Mm. you know, and even like a a real small tip that we do, um, and I encourage anyone, you know, that's listening to is that when you're talking about language and, you know, how to talk to your, um, to your audience is something we do is we go back to client testimonials 
And if mm. you, because I know everyone listening gets client testimonials, right? Because that is liquid gold in marketing. Yes, of course. But everyone's getting their testimonials and they're getting good testimonials. Um, go back and have a look at the language that your previous clients have used. And mm. if you're getting a good testimonial, a good testimonial will um, include in there, what was the problem that this person had before they worked with you? How did they work with you? And then how is their life better? That's pretty yeah. much, you know, the formula of a good testimonial. And so when you go in there and you look at the language, so were they using words like overwhelm? Are they using words like difficult? Were they, you know, or are they using more inspirational words? Um, and how are they feeling? What are those feeling words? What are those yeah. emotive words that they're using? Um, and you'll start to see that, like, there's a common, you know, language or tone through your testimonials. And, um, you know, don't be afraid to literally pick up those go through and highlight them and use those words in your next marketing campaign it's, it's amazing um how that can change and how you'll connect now next to the to the next right um client for you yeah that's an awesome tip um actually so for everybody listening if you didn't write that down write that down now you know, <laughs> um and uh, we go one step further than that too and encourage people to read competitors reviews yes good good and bad because the bad reviews will still tell you what was important that wasn't fixed and how that made the customer feel and so that allows you to kind of you know laser in on that too these are the emotions this is what people are looking for and this is what isn't being fixed so i need to create and position my offer in a way that fixes that and not just position it too by the way um you got to be genuine you, you can't you can't talk about your offer doing something that it doesn't actually do. Like you've got to yeah. then deliver, you know, part of being authentic and genuine means um, not, not, not saying you can do things that you can't actually do. You've got to make sure that your product solves the problem you're telling people it solves. Absolutely. And I think that that's so important, Simon, because that what you deliver is actually part of your marketing. It's part of that mm. retention. It's part of that, you know, these people become your raving fans. So, you know, I think a lot of the time we just look at marketing and expect marketing to attract, you know, people. Yeah. But actually, if you have that whole process um, of going through that customer journey and so, yeah, delivering on what you've promised is so important. Yeah. It's actually part of your marketing because when you deliver and when you serve your audience in that conversion stage, well, then that becomes like, you know, your word of mouth. They become your raving fans. They've had such an amazing experience because you've delivered on your promise. Yeah. Um and, you know, word of mouth isn't just, you know, and sometimes it can just be organic, but actually it, it can be quite a strategic part of your marketing mix. Oh, yeah, I, I think everything, you know, everything that we do in our marketing should be purposeful and should be aligned with whatever is our overarching um, marketing strategy. Um, you, you talk about consistency um, a lot, which, which I love, you know, it's marketing 101 is that you've got to be consistent. Um, one of the things that we kind of battle against sometimes is this expectation that's been created out there in the market that you can, you know, set up your marketing, do your strategy, launch something, and then you can just kind of forget about it and it's going to run. Um, I don't know if that's something that you see, but how, how do you kind of combat that? Yeah, like I said, like marketing is not set and forget, you know, it really is. You've got to have your finger on the pulse. And even if you do outsource, you know, mm. um, we always say that you you are, as a business owner, you are leading that ship. 
You may have a crew around you that's supporting you and whether that's your in-house team, whether that's your you know external um, help that's helping you as well, like your agencies, whatever that is, you're still the captain of that ship. So you need to be steering that boat. And so when you're steering that boat, you still need to know. You need to like, you know, check all your stats and, you know, see how things are moving. You need to see where you're heading to. Where's that next mm. destination that you're going to? Um, so marketing is never set and forget. Um, I think that um, innately once we start to grow and maybe once we start to get customers and clients, businesses tend to take their foot off the pedal mm. when it comes to marketing. They go, oh, okay, well, I've got clients now. I don't need to market. Or they become too busy right yeah. and they yeah. go I don't have time to market and so market marketing becomes at the bottom of their list and as we've spoken about before that might be okay for a couple of months but then the mm. bucket dries up right all those yeah. leads pouring in dries up because there hasn't been any marketing feeding the bucket with more yeah. leads coming in and so then it takes another three or six months to fill the bucket up to get leads to get clients um, so it's marketing should always be on it just yeah. may be on a little bit stronger at different times and that's okay but it's yeah. something that as a business owner you are so responsible for that because you know your audience better than anybody and you know your business better than anybody so you always need to just have your finger on your pulse it's like saying you know a business owner isn't over their numbers you know they've always got to just at least they might have an accountant but they've yeah. still got to be you know in the know-how about their businesses in order to have a successful business same with marketing yeah, completely, because things can change really quickly. And if you're not across that, by the time you find out, um, it's too late. And yeah, you're right. We chatted about this offline. Hey, um, business owners, if things get tough or the opposite, if things are going really well, they think, oh, I can save some money and turn my marketing off. And then the sky doesn't fall down because they've got that momentum. And then gradually that momentum slows. And it might take, like you said, three to six months and then when the leads are gone and the new clients do stop and they think, oh, I'll just turn the marketing back on, well, it takes three to six months to build that momentum up again. So the focus might change. Your focus yep. might change from client acquisition to branding and awareness, but you've constantly got to have that marketing out there. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to just be constantly showing up again because you don't know when the right time is. You know, you might have mm. find you might have found the right person, but it might not be the right time for them. So constantly just showing up and being there consistently for them for when it's right for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm conscious of our time. Um, I we think could chat probably... about marketing all day, Simon. We, you know, like I know, honestly, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we could and and I love it um and I and I feel like I feel like we should um get you and and also Nairi when she's available you know maybe as more regular guests on the podcast um but but we're gonna have to unfortunately we are gonna have to wrap it up um but I want to ask you a couple of sort of final questions Go so ahead. for businesses who are out there and who are feeling a little bit overwhelmed and either struggling or not doing their marketing What's a couple of tips that you can give them to kind of make it a bit more bite-sized and a bit more manageable or simplified, like you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, how we always like to look at it, I think it's always to have a plan. And so as much as we think, oh, that's the boring part of marketing, it's really is going to um, help you have that roadmap and so that you're not looking at a blank screen every week and saying, oh, what am I working on this week? Or you're having that scattergun approach and going, oh, I'm posting here and I'm attending a network here. And so I would always say to start with a plan and, you know, you can have a look and go, what do I want to achieve in the next 12 months? Could be a simple mm -hmm. goal. How many clients do I want in 12 months? How much revenue do I want in 12 months? Then I want you to break it down into quarters. 
and go, okay, mm-hmm. so now I know my big goal for 12 months. Actually, how can I break that down into quarters? Now I know my goal, my financial goal, my you know business goal, whatever that goal might be, and then break that down into how can I achieve that? And that's really simple. Um, and I've taken something, obviously, like there could, there's a few elements that sit under that, but in its simplest form, 12 months, quarterly, and then you'll end up breaking that down into what actions do I need to take each week in order to hit that quarterly goal, which actually is leading into your, your yearly goal. Yeah, yeah. And and so do businesses need to, we did touch on this briefly, do, do businesses need to show up on every social platform? Because social is like one of the big marketing channels now. Do they need to show up everywhere? Absolutely not. Um, and when people, the first thing that people say to us, it's funny when we say we're marketers and they're like, oh, so you do social media. We're like, marketing is not just social media. There's lots of <laughs> yeah. other areas that you need to be playing in. But this is what we say. They say, should I be on TikTok? Should I be on Instagram? Our answer always back is, is your I'll do audience hanging out there? That's mm-hmm. how you know whether or not you should be on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Ask yourself, are my audience hanging out there? If they're not, then don't be on there. You're wasting your time. If it's something like Instagram and Facebook and you go, oh, my, my audience maybe are a bit younger, they're a bit more visual and they're on Instagram and we know that, you know, you can link Facebook and Instagram automatically, that's fine that it goes to Facebook but your focus mm. would be to deliver content that's digestible for people on Instagram because that's where your audience is. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more and especially for smaller businesses, when they get to that point of advertising, your budget only goes so far. You can't be everywhere. You don't have the time. You don't have the headspace. The content needs to be different for each platform and you just don't have the budget. Um, okay. So one last question. You've done, delivered an absolute ton of value, <laughs> value bombs everywhere. So if people are listening and they think, I really want to follow these guys, where do they find you and what are your socials? Yeah, thank you. So um, if we're on both on Facebook and Instagram, um, mm-hmm. if they go and find us under Focus and Flourish Marketing, um, follow us. We would love to connect with you as well and find out more about your business. Um, we'd love to share our tips and little hacks along the way to really simplify marketing. So we'd love to connect with your audience online through social. Fantastic. And so I'll make sure that your links are in the show notes as well so that it makes it easier for people to find you. Um, guys, I hope you've got heaps of value out of that because Mel's been really generous with her time and with her information today. So make sure you do suss out their socials and follow along because you'll get a heap of value out of that too. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, feel free to drop us a line. Um, we would love to answer them or, or connect you um, with Mel and Nairi. Mel, it's been such a pleasure. I feel like we'll be chatting again. Um, thank you for joining me on the map. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss a single episode. If you're ready to really level up your marketing and explode your leads and sales, reach out for a chat with one of our kick-ass marketing professionals. Find us at orbitmarketing.com.au, themarketingmashup.com.au, Instagram at orbit underscore marketing, Facebook at orbitmarketingoz, that's orbitmarketingoz, also YouTube, LinkedIn, and now on TikTok.